VentureX Studios. It's JP, Kathy, and the crew. Excellent. Full show for you today. Full show for you today. How are you? Welcome to the crew. Hope you're doing well. Okay, I'm going to be cleaning my eyeglasses again. Note to self, this new brand of eyeglass cleaner, I have um, gotten either that or I've got lotion on one of my eyeglasses. So um, luckily, I don't have any copy I have to read from Dr. Good today, and I can introduce her <laughs> in my sleep. I've introduced her a bajillion times over the years. Um, we are JP, Kathy, and the crew, and we are so excited that you've chosen to spend uh, today with us or tomorrow, if you're watching this tomorrow, or the next day, if you're watching it the next day. And um, we've got lots of good information. We've got State Senator um, Texas State Senator, well, obviously, duh, we're in Texas, unless you're watching us from another state or another country, which we know we've got some folks who follow us, um, our podcast um, uh, and in other countries, and so we say hello to you. But um, she is a Texas State Senator. We have just wrapped up yet another state, uh, another special session. This was a very important one because this one, not that they're all important, they all are important because they have to do with we the people and our taxpayer dollars. So they're all about us. Um, but uh, this one uh, had um, redistricting involved in it. So we've got different congressional lines, different state rep lines, um, some different state senate lines, and different state board of education lines. So we're going to talk with her a little bit today. Also, um, we hope to get into a little bit of discussion. If anything, I'm just going to give you information about the um, – the uh, November election, and everybody's like, November election? There's not a presidential election or a gubernatorial election. There is a constitutional amendment election, which is an extremely important election to vote in. And if you vote, you'll be like one of the less than 10% that votes. I don't know. It's a crazy low number, but we want to try to get that number up, and we definitely want the crew to vote, and voting is actually going on right now. So um, ask Dr. or Dr. Dr. Rebecca Good of the Ask Dr. B. Good Show is with us um, this morning, and we're really glad to see you, Dr. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little cold. I'm in my daughter-in-law's house, and she keeps this place like an icebox, so pardon the winter wear. But... Well, because that's why I was like, <laughs> are you outside drinking a cup of coffee? Because it looks like you're in Colorado. You're all, you're all parking up. Um, now, I, I like I your doc I like your doctor daughter-in-law because my kids always say, Mom, we can hang meat in the house. I, I'm with her. I love it cold, so give her a big old <laughs> thumbs up. Anyways, cute scarf. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, so, let's let's talk today. Uh, I, We've got always got something new with education. We thought education was going to be boring, well, and then COVID hit. So, yeah, it's hard to know where to start except to say that this poor district, Carroll uh, ISD, has got themselves caught up in something that we shouldn't just think is the Carroll issue. They just they just had the misfortune of having a teacher videotape and send this to the news. But it's, it's going to play out if it hasn't already played out in many other districts in Texas. And that is House Bill 3979, which says, let me read the quick summary of the bill. The quick summary is, um, it's a Texas law passed May 2021 that restricts how teachers discuss controversial issues, bans them from saying that slavery constitutes the true founding of the United States, and prohibits schools from awarding credit for students engaging in any kind of political advocacy. Okay, so that's a very quick um, summary of that bill. And now what schools are being asked to do is to interpret that. And in Carroll ISD's um, instance, what they were giving a training on it and how the need to show various perspectives on on historical issues and one of them was thrown out as you know like the holocaust and and of course um i know that more than likely the carroll curriculum i think it was the assistant superintendent sort of threw that out without thinking and and then somebody said well how do you show the other side of the holocaust what other perspective is there except that it was all wrong and and so that was that was a a quick moment of not really thinking that answer through and somebody was taping it, sent it to the news and it's hit, you know, national. Um, but it really 
speaks to the confusion that districts are feeling and that teachers are feeling, especially because in Carroll, not but a few weeks before, a fourth grade teacher of the year, a teacher of the year was reprimanded by a vote of three to two school board members to reprimand her because she had sent home a book for fourth graders on anti-racism. And so um, the message that teachers were getting in Carroll, and then by spreading the news outwardly, other teachers in other districts were getting the idea that uh, teaching anything about race could get them reprimanded or worse. And, and I'm, I'm, I know that that's not the message that that bill is meant to send, but it is sending due to the interpretations of different districts. Well, Very and, confusing and that's where, you know, you've, that's where this, it's one of those things you've got to be really careful, especially when a bill that, well, heck, this happens, Dr. Good. You know, I know you've been, you know, involved in a, a bajillion um, legislative sessions when it comes to education like myself. Even non-controversial things that pass through the state legislature here in Texas or anywhere can turn into something controversial depending upon the interpretation from the local ISD and their board back home. And um, so there may have to be some clarifications, I, I would imagine. But I think what – and what I hear out there is – and this is even back in the 90s when I taught, um, you know, we had to be really careful. Like one time I had a political bumper sticker on my car supporting a certain candidate, and because I parked in the teacher's parking lot, somebody said I couldn't have – that bumper sticker on my car. Now, you know me, hmm. I kept that bumper sticker on my car the whole election season, just saying. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that as a teacher, you, you do, and you know this, you've been in the classroom, you have so much influence over those kids that you want to make sure you're very careful about here, here's about not offering up your opinion about teaching fact. And, um, you know, I had to be really careful back in the day. I was, you know, involved in politics when I was a teacher and was starting off in politics and was very, you know, loved it and, well, still love it, was very passionate about it and always wanted to talk about it. But I had to be really careful um, with my students. And when we talked about, um, for example, in, in special education, you know, when we talked about the elections, we, I had to make sure I didn't say, well, this party wants this, and, you know, because my tone of voice probably would have been gleeful, and this party wants this. I had to just stick to the base, <laughs> and, and you're laughing, but you know me, and you know how my voice must have sounded. So, um, you know, I had to be really careful about sticking to, here are the facts. Here is how old you need to be to vote. Here is, and we went through, and this is even with my special education kids, because I'm like, hey, you guys have a voice, too, and you can have somebody with ADA, you can have somebody go into the polling place and into the voting booth with you. Um, you know, so it was one of those things where I, I talked about the process, how do you register to vote, things of that nature, and then um, with, with, you know, having been a drill team coach as well, with the girls who were interested in what I was doing after school hours, I, I had to say, hey, I got to talk to your parents first, and I can't talk to you about it while we're here on campus kind of a thing. So I think so many, and we see this with the um, with uh, with the news, with uh, quote-unquote journalists, people giving their opinion or, um, you know, talking about yeah. how they feel about something and this is one of those you got to stick to the facts you know um what was it dan Aykroyd? just the facts ma'am just the facts well unfortunately facts are fuzzy these days just like science has become fuzzy it just people gravitate towards an understanding of um, what they believe in and then the internet feeds them more of that one side and in their mind, that becomes fact. And so... Oh, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. That becomes... What is it they say? And this kind of... This is one of those phrases that makes me crazy. It becomes their truth or whatever, you know, because they're emotional about it and they're attached to it. And and I needed, ma right. I needed math to... Back in the day, because it's a miracle I'm a college graduate with my 
my my fear of math, let's just say it is a fear. Um, I wish there would have been fuzzy math, and I could have been like, well, this is my truth. I know it should have been a positive 26. <laughs> I've got a negative 2. I feel very strongly about this. That's my answer, and yes. I'm going to stand by yes. it. But really, if you think about it, I challenge districts now to understand the need to teach teachers about what the internet has done as far as algorithms are concerned. Yes, and, and our search yes, yes, yes. Yep. That needs to be the beginning of the training now to say, before we talk about historical facts, let's talk about what you're searching on your computer. Because if you're searching one side of your known understanding, then you may not be getting the whole picture and, and you may not be giving what is fair to students. But, you know, on the other side of it, the other argument is, should we be teaching just facts or should we be teaching inquiry? And so we challenge students to go back and, and research uh, the historical events and then research fully to see if, and, and I, I would love to do this because I loved social studies and history. If I were a high school history teacher, I would challenge students to go and find the whole truth according to all the, the stakeholders in that, in that time. You know, what, what was happening with the Native Americans, what was happening with the African Americans, what was happening with the colonists, all of that, so that when we bring our projects to the class, that we are reporting from a myriad of, of sources of what happened during that event or that time period. That, I would love to do that. Well, and, and I think it, it goes to one of those things. I know, um, and I think those of us, and, and, you know, JP, he was one of those who was raised, you know, he was a big old speech and debate person. It, it, so was I. And there were times, oh, I remember, oh, I remember my speech coach making me take the opposite side of a topic she knew I was very passionate about she was a great teacher she knew what she was doing and I was like I was like Mrs. Abraham I can't do that and she's like you will you don't have a choice and um you know it's interesting I and that was gosh like in back in like I want to say Dr. Good that was probably back in eighth grade and here I am almost 55 years old I remember that to this day and I remember how I felt having to take the opposite side and having and all the research that you have to do with that. But I think that's, that's, I almost wonder, and, and this is something um, that maybe there's a need out there for this type of person in the ISD world to do a professional development series with teachers, especially with new teachers have, who have known nothing but their Twitter feed, you know, their side of their Google searches and all that kind of stuff and teach about, hey, you realize the reason you're getting things that say A, B, and C all the time, even if it's not factual, is because this is, Google knows what you like. Um, and so maybe there's a professional development series that needs to be out there, especially with those newer teachers, so they can realize, wait a second, I do have a greater responsibility than just my own opinion I've got these young minds who are my responsibility, and that needs to be first and foremost. So I don't know. Maybe you and I should create a professional development series like that. You know, I mean, I think I think there you're you onto go. something. I think you're really onto something that is a need out there. Well, until we acknowledge the fact that we may be getting sucked into thinking a certain way because of the algorithms of Facebook and the internet and so forth, you know, we, we maybe won't question. And, and I think we need to become more questioning in what we are reading and, and thinking is truthful reporting, right? And so I know that there's some trainings out there on identifying neutral news sites, but um, not enough of it. Frankly, yeah. that would be part of our training. It's how to find neutral facts. Oh, where's news where's sources. Walter Cronkite when we need him? You know, where is Walter Cronkite when you need him? you used to have to um back when 
uh, JP first asked me to be on his show. Now, obviously, we're not a news reporting. Now, we do. It's not that we don't report news, but we're we're more for the, you know, hey, you're going to get our opinion on this show. You're going to get our guests' opinion on this show. You're going to get some serious stuff, but you're going to have some fun, you know, kind of a deal. But um, I remember it was very much you had to have several sources for any given story, and you had to vet those. And you could be yanked off the air. I mean, literally, they would, they, they, you know, they would have rather have gone to blank dead air, which is unheard of, than have somebody out there doing that. And things have changed now. And you've got people who oh. I think people assume are journalists, but they're really, they're like us. They're just, a, you know, a radio or a podcast personality. Not, not that there's not a place for that. And it's fun. And I love it. I'm not a journalist by any means. So have you noticed when you're reading articles that now they put adjectives in front of, um, in front of a, a fact, for example, their, their fact, they'll say um, something like um, the lies that Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, wait, what? And, or they'll say, yeah, you know, they'll stick these, these, opinion words or these adjectives in to to discredit what they're about to say yes it's like you never used to see that in there you you know what i i didn't think about that but um, well and you and jp and i we exchange tons of articles all the time and i'm sitting here thinking of any articles we've exchanged on any given day you know what i bet i could go back and find at least one or two instances of that in every single article we've exchanged a very good point and it's something to be aware of when you're reading it well my i've learned that i cannot do a single source anything anymore that i i look for patterns in what i read over time and so when i bring something to you usually it's because i've been looking at different headlines over that same issue or event or whatever uh, and i've picked up the prevailing truth, I guess, or the prevailing sameness right. <laughs> within those right. different sources that I can feel comfortable reporting on. And so, but you have to do that now. You have to, and you know, if you have a brain that looks for patterns like mine, it's maybe easier, but we all need to develop that skill. That's another possible uh, 21st century skill that I, we need to look for. And you're right, develop. you know, times have changed. And education has to change with it. And on that same note, um, Gail, uh, Gail Meeks, who's obviously, you know, Gail, member of the crew, she was asking, and this is something you were going to, you were um, talking about was with this uh, TikTok doing like a school spirit thing. So she wants to know, is your eye still on the prize with how to get school spirit stuff going when it comes to TikTok? Well, I, I did put it out there to superintendents all over the state of Texas. We have a thread that is, um, I can't remember the app, but immediately that day I put that out there and I put it out to Legacy. And so um, I, I haven't seen anything come of it, but I'm going to keep pushing it because I keep reading. I just read today there was a young lady who was arrested because um, she went after a disabled special ed teacher. And she's 10, I think. Wait, so what? I mean, this is very serious. Yeah, a ten-year-old, I believe it was that oh, was arrested for um, putting her hands on a disabled special ed teacher for TikTok. Mm. So it's yeah, wow, it's 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 a, it's we, a we tough have a time. lot of work to do. We really do. We it really is. do. And I and 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 let's talk about what you're going to be discussing on your show Sunday. You know, we're 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 going to talk for a little while. Um, I'm going to talk a little while after after um we uh, finish our segment with you. You know, October is mental health, mental health Awareness Month. You know, we've got so many things going on. And obviously, you know, we've been real big on pushing. Your mental health is as oh. important as your health, health, your physical health. So let's talk about your show. You've got a very important show coming up on Sunday. Well, uh, we recently were impacted by a suicide death. And it um, it rocked our world. Mm. And in, and this is somebody that might be interesting to have on your show. There is such a person called a phenologist. And a phenologist is a, is a specialist in death, dying, and bereavement. And in spending time with her, 
I learned some things that, of course, the educator in me just could hardly wait to share out um, because it helped ease the family pain a little bit. And so I thought I would do the same. I, um, the There is a stigma around suicide, unfortunately. Yeah. and But I think in the right context, people can feel more comfortable discussing it. And that's that's always our goal, right? In, in right. Anywhere, but in mental health, especially being able to talk about mental health issues in a more comfortable way, because we have we have terms and and reasons, rationales that we can hang our brain on and wrap around and 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 sort of explain the why, right? And so um, we'll be doing some of that. And and I've asked you to be on because yes, you've spent you. so much time with the mental health, yes. um, con- you know, pushing the mental health acceptance, right? right. The acceptance. It hits us all, Dr. Good. Well, and thank you for that. And yes, and I'm, I'm very honored to be on your show this Sunday to, to discuss this. It's, <clears throat> if you think mental health does not touch every single family and in, in turn every single life, you're crazy. And if we're not out there talking about it, just like we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys winning on Sunday, we're missing the boat. And especially during this pandemic, you know, we're just missing the boat. You've heard me say that I wish people were as comfortable having a counselor um, as a, as a family lawyer, right. As part of our, our go-to when things get a little rough. And life is a series of, of challenges and obstacles and good times. And being comfortable tapping into mental health resources to get us through the challenges and the obstacles should be a natural part of our um, health recovery. But it doesn't seem to be yet. It's not. It's getting better. It it, it is getting getting better. better. I agree with you on that. We we have made strides, you know, because I've noticed not only on our show, um, you know, even back when we were um, doing – you know, drive time radio. We did, we had, we felt so strongly about it. We had uh, one, uh, you know, one day a week. Yeah, you got it. And, and it was one of those things that it's just, um, and you hear of more and more people talking about it. You know, we have this pink cloud on our network and they, Mm -hmm. they discuss it within the world of recovery, you know, drug addiction, recovery, alcohol addiction, recovery, um, sober living, it's a big part of it because so many people who have turned to self-medication, most of them will admit they thought about that at one time and, um, and some have attempted it. And so it's a, it's, it's something we have to talk about. And then we, we've got to get into the habit of saying, Hey, have you, you know, even if you go once a year to a therapist and just have a session where for an hour you kind of talk because that, then that person is trained to look for a red flag. So if we go and get our cholesterol tested once a year, why aren't we getting our mental health tested once a year? At That's least. a good point. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. I, I might say that on your show on Sunday. Huh. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you, Dr. Good. We And, and just know that we've All been right. praying for thank your family. You. And um, we're just anything, anything thank y'all you. need. And we love y'all. And we're just praying for y'all and asking for God to just wrap y'all up in, in some good memories. And anything, anything you need, you just let us know. And thanks for being on today. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. We'll see you, we'll see you Sunday. All right. All right. So um, ask Dr. B. Good. She will be um, on. She's on every Sunday from 8 to 830. Um, This is going to be a very important, very personal show for her this upcoming Sunday. And uh, mental health, we 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 can't we can't talk about it enough. It's um, it's one of those things that if we if we neglect it, if we ignore it, it's not going to go away. You know, um, I, I I would ask anybody in the crew who's on right now, I'm asking, first of all, if, if you need help, um, uh, JP and I, we're not the experts, but we, we know people who are the experts, and we have people who you can get to. We will keep it confidential. We will not talk about it on our show. Just Just say, hey, need help? You know, need help for myself, need help for a friend, or, hey, uh, have somebody who's got A, B, and C, and you don't have to tell us who it is, and we will we will make sure we get you to the right resource. So, please, you, know, you can always private message us um, on any of our social media feeds. If you want, if you want um, us to reach out to you, then, 
not a problem at all. Um, just say, just say on one of our um, feeds that you're on on social media. Um, you know, give me your cell phone number and we'll take a call. Um, don't let get you know fear of embarrassment or fear of somebody judging you get in the way of you saving your own life or saving the life of a friend or a family member. And and we've talked about this. Just do, um, you know, it seems like we always reach out to our friends when something great happens. Hey, I won the lottery. I don't, well, that's not very, you know, oh, I got a new car, you know, oh, um, you know, my kid's going to this school or, um, you know, I just got a promotion at my job or I'm going on vacation. And we tend to share and want to, you know, talk to our family and friends about that. We need to be just as comfortable. And I know, I can tell you right now, I'm, you know, mental health has touched several family members in my family. And so I've, I've dealt with mental health up close and personal, and it is hard, and it is ugly, and it is heart-wrenching. But when you love somebody, you, you, keep, you keep plugging, and you keep getting them the right, you try to get them the right help. And so I've got um, family members, and, um, and I've got especially, I've got several friends, but one in particular that when I feel like I'm drowning because I'm helping a family member, I, I don't. I don't think twice to pick up the phone and call because sometimes just that reassuring voice or, you know, um, those of you who catch our um, our show, Heart and Soul of Texas Women, Lisa, who is my co-host, who has become a spiritual mentor to me, um, I can call up and just say, hey, can you pray for me right now? Can you pray for, um, you know, somebody who I love who's hurting right now? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's just... It should be just as simple as picking up the phone and calling somebody and talking to him. So let's, here on JP, Kathy, and the crew, let's be the ones who change that and who make it okay to talk about this stuff and um, and, and and maybe save a life. Uh, you know, you never know. You never know. But um, I know when I'm having a tough time, boy, that friendly voice, non-judgmental, 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 friendly voice on the other side of the phone is... It's a lifeline, and um, very blessed to have that. So if, if you need JP and I to help get you to the right people, again, we're no by no means experts, but if you know somebody who is who needs help or if you need help, we're here for you, and just, just let us know. So Because we do. We love you, and we love the crew, and, and, and we want to help. Um, um, let's see. What else do we have? Um Oh, we've got Angela Paxton, Senator Angela Paxton. She'll be coming on at 8.45. Let me, um, got, okay, no problem. So that gives me some time to, um, Brett, can you pull up that list that I sent to you? And, and this this is some, we, we got to have a little bit of fun. So let me find my list as well. Oh, he's got it up on the screen. So, um, okay, before we go, oh, and look at you. Picture within a picture. Brett, you're so good. So, so, um, had a member of the crew come across this. Oh, I should have already had this pull up. Okay, now I've got a gut health. That eating sauerkraut is good. It's a good probiotic. That is not the article I wanted to talk to you about today, but it's good to know. So, this is a list, and, and we'll, we'll keep going on this until we get Senator Paxton coming on. But this is a list of... 40, I think it's 40 things. Yes, apparently if you did any of these 40 things growing up, you are officially old. Like I need somebody to tell me that. Because when I wake up in the morning, my knees from decades of dancing, let me know you are old. But this is just in case. And I saw, I came across some of these and these were just hilarious. Okay, so if you have ever watched um, and, and, um, Let's see. Can we see that TV? Yes. If you have ever watched on an ancient watch TV on an ancient device like this, and okay, y'all, this these are the days, and, and I would love to have the, the crew chime in. These are the days where the um, the TV 
if you if you were a fancy family, which we weren't fancy at first, you had the click remote. But a lot of times, I mean, I remember these before we got the TV that had the click remote. And I'm not talking about the kind of remotes you have now or the 19 remotes you have now. But you had to literally stand up. Hey, kids, guess what? You had to walk across the room and flip the channel manually or turn the volume up and down manually. So if that's a sign that you're old. Okay. The other one. um, Now, I I didn't have this, but I had several friends who had this. So I'm putting myself in this category. Had to physically remove your car's stereo to stop it from getting stolen. Remember the ones that kind of fit in, like where your radio is now, and you had to remove it and take it with you, or else somebody was going to break into your car. And I remember um, when I, I think it was, and Dad, if you're on the feed, I think it was when I was living with you when I was finishing up um, school at University of North Texas, and my radio was stolen. Um, Just anyways, so... That, that was the thing, and nowadays, I, I think they're so connected, and I don't know that anybody could even, it'd be easy, but I remember back in the day, people stealing radios out of your car was a thing, even if your car was locked. Okay, and this, literally, if somebody bought me a box of these, I would still eat them to this day. If you ate ice cream out of a toilet paper roll, okay, first of all, it was not a real toilet paper roll. But, yes, it was shaped like it, and, yes, it was made of the same material as a toilet paper roll. Okay, that does not sound good. But it was filled with orange and vanilla. Remember the dreamsicles that were in these? And there was like a push-up pop. You would take off the top of it, and then you would push the bottom, and a little bit of ice cream would come up. And that way it didn't, like, get all over and drip all over your hands. So, yep. Another one of those. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, Let's see. Oh, number four, and I'm going to say this was me. Talk about distracted driving. This was texting before texting was around. Almost caused a 15-car pileup trying to find the perfect CD. Goodness gracious, I must have had a guardian angel with me when I was going to what is now Texas State. used to be Southwest Texas State University up and down 35. Oh, it was like I was a DJ in my own car that's distracted driving. So anyways, that was texting before we had texting. And then this one had to set the TV to channel three just to watch movies. Do y'all remember that? Like you had to have, and kind of, now I guess that's kind of the equivalent of source, like when you've got your smart TV, but I remember that well. And you had the, you know, the blizzard, the, the white and black static going on. Okay, now I didn't do this. My husband said he totally remembered having to do this. Drove a car that needed two keys, one to unlock the door and one to get it running. And you think about nowadays, most of the newer cars, you don't even, you just have a key fob. So you don't even put a key in the door handle. Like I saw um, a young lady opening a car with a key the other day and I thought wow you know it it stood out to me because you just don't see that anymore everybody's you know clicking and you get in and heck half the time you've got a car I don't but a lot of people have those cars where you can start it before you even get in it you can cool it down warm it up all that kind of good stuff so wow back in the day okay and then still have a mouthful of scars from these the lollipops um, used to cut your tongues and a lot of these I think if it was the off-brand, now this never happened to me with like a um, Tootsie Roll Pop, and I wasn't a real big fan of those anyways, but, um, or a, um, now I was a big fan of the Charms Blow Pops, so this must have been like the generic version of that, where you would lick that, and then it would like, it almost felt like it had a shard of glass in it, so did anybody feel that? That was a, that was a good one. Um, oh, Susan, uh, Susan Schuler, which tell uh, Miss Texas, we said hello, and we're looking forward to having her back in in November. Um, she said her dad was a TV repairman. And, oh, he had all the tubes that he would use to repair those. Oh, oh, that's so great. Oh, that's so great. I, um, yeah, oh, my goodness, yeah. I, I, <laughs> like, those were fascinating kind of a thing. So I, how, how fun is that? Um, okay, did you ever live this nightmare? 
get off the internet. I need to use the phone. And um, that back in the day, if you were doing a dial-up modem, is that am I using the correct term? Of course, I look over to Brett, who's like, Kathy, I'm young enough to be your child. I have no idea what you're talking about. So get off the internet. You need to use the phone. And you you could not be on. I, I remember, um, I remember um, like being on the internet, looking something up, calling somebody. And this, and I think this was back in my young Republican days when I was first married. And it was one of those things you could either look up the information you were trying to look up or you could have the phone conversation. So you would have to say, hey, let's go look up and find A, B, and C, and then I'll call you back. Wow, have times changed. Um, Just crazy. Okay, do you remember exactly where this um, exact piece of paper used to be in your house? And if you look at this piece of paper, and I know we can't blow it up. I hope you can see it on the screen. But it it was a list of phone numbers. and I remember, oh my goodness, of course I had one of these. And it was usually in a spiral notebook that had all kinds of fancy designs. And I'm sure I probably put, I love David Lee Roth and, you know, Kathy, Mrs. Kathy David Lee Roth on it. Um, or Mrs. Travolta on it. Those were, those were two of my big ones back in the day. Anyway, so I remember, it was a phone, it was a list of phone numbers. And it's so funny because I've always talked about how if the zombie apocalypse happened today and everybody's phone went down well first of all yeah if the phone went down we wouldn't be calling each other but if you lose your contact list you're in trouble because how many of you can remember your childhood phone number but you do not know your three best friends phone numbers by heart just saying that's something to be said for that okay then Let's get back to this. Uh, yeah, the phone list. We may we may want to make an old phone list. Okay, so here we go. Next, um, burn the heck out of your arm on one of these on a hot summer day, and it was like the little. Um, and now now that you really don't see these in cars any longer, but there used to be cigarettes. Most folks smoked back in the day, and those little cigarette ashtray. Um, I don't even know, receptacles, I guess is what it, you would call it, were so hot if you ever, like, you know, sat your arms down and the car had not cooled down yet, especially in a state like Texas. Oh, my goodness, yeah, you'd burn the bejeebers out of your arms. So does anybody remember those? And then, um, oh, here's another one. Let's see. I think we can get a couple more in before we get Senator Paxton on. Bought a machine, bought a soda on an ancient machine like this. And it's so funny because... Um, yeah, I went to the Texas Federation of Republican Women convention this weekend, and we were at this great um, hotel in Round Rock. Um, the oh, the Kalahari. Anyways, great. I highly recommend. It. It's a it's a great place. They've got a water park. It's it's just wonderful. But the and here I am telling on myself. The soda and water vending machine on our on our floor was so complicated. I could not even get a drink out of it. I would swipe my card and then go to make my selection. And then it was like, make your selection. And I was like, okay. So then I tried making my selection and swiping my card. I need to go back and look because I'm wondering if I got charged like $25 and I never got, I never got a soda out of there. So that's, that's another one. Um, I love this. Waited days for your pictures to develop only to find out that they were all of your thumb. Oh, and there's the throwaway. Love, love, love the disposable camera. How many of you were married in the 90s and you had these out on the um, tables at your wedding reception? I did. Um, Anyways, I was no choice. I mean, I literally had pictures and I used to have, my nails used to be really long back in the day. And there would be, like, the, the inside part of my nail. There was always something. Like, I've, I've got so many pictures. Even back when I used to take pictures of my students when I was teaching at Plano East, half of them, you can see the picture and everything, but there's a little something at the top of the screen, and that was my thumb or my finger. So, yep, I'm guilty of that. Uh, let's see what else. And, if, and Brad, if you'll let me know when the senator comes on. Um, 
Okay, so said either this. Who remembers saying, call me back after nine when my phone is free? Do y'all remember? Think of how, how much you are on the phone right now. Texting. Um, we do so much show preparation via texting. Um, or you get a conference call. And think of how many, if you add up all of your minutes that you're on the phone communicating with somebody, be that Zoom, Google Meet, um, texting, emailing, phone call, FaceTime, conference call. And I remember literally, and if my dad's on the feed, he's going to be like, yes. Oh, and Coach Quigley, he's like, yep, 424-1854. Yeah, I, I, 633-0814. I remember, I remember, I remember it like yesterday, and I will never forget that. Um, so, I remember, okay, okay, so we're going to wrap up because we've got we've got serious stuff to discuss now. But I remember my dad busting my chops. One of my very first cell phone bills when I was in college because I was still, still kind of dating my boyfriend who was back in Dallas at the time. Yeah, Dad, remember that? Remember that phone bill? Yeah, so anyways, I, I kind of got in trouble for that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> now we've got Senator Paxton on. Um, anyway, so those are some fun things. I must be old because I identify with, like, all of those. Hey, Senator Paxton, how are you today? I'm good. I'm trying to get my audio here a little bit better. I can't hear I, very well. Okay, well, we can hear you. You sound great. And you okay. look good. Well, you look good, go too. <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. How's everything? Well, uh, we're rocking and rolling and whatnot here. Um, you are, you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for somebody who just wrapped up the, what, 19th special session? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Something like that, right? <laughs> Something along those lines. We've had quite a few um, special sessions. This one has been very intense because it involved redistricting as well. So it's, so tell us, are, are we signy die? Is there another special session around the corner? How, do you feel like it was a, a successful session? What are your thoughts? Yes, I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, there, there are always a few things that, you know, not everything that you wish happened, happened. Um, but I will say this, you know, at the end of the regular session, when the Democrats walked out, broke quorum to keep us from being able to file the, or, or to pass the election bill, the election integrity bill, um, they actually opened the door to giving us extended time to pass a number of other things that were also on our agenda that, that also died in uh, House calendars. So um, it's been it's been a, a long hard road, but the I think the upside of it is that yes, we did finally pass the election integrity bill. Uh, in spite of what happened, it just delayed the process. Ooh, yes. um, I think the bill got better as it went along. Oh, excellent! Uh, the, the other thing that happened was um, we did finally in this last uh, session, this third special session, we passed the. Um, the, all of the redistricting bills. So in the House and the Senate, uh, we passed all the maps, which, of course, the governor still needs to, to sign off on these um, to, make them, to make them law. And uh, we are pretty certain, as, as is their custom, that the Democrats will sue. But um, the reality is that we have the maps that we need. We did our job. We, did, uh, we passed fair, legal, transparent uh, maps. Uh, with a process that took good public input and adjusted to the things that people were asking for. And uh, I think we've got what we need. The additional uh, thing that is a benefit to this is that we don't have to move any of our filing deadlines for candidates. We, we can keep everything as it is. Um, we will still have our primary, assuming the governor signs March 1st, uh, we will still have runoffs all at the same time. And so that's, that's relief. But on top of that, we also passed the Protect Girls Sports Bill. Yes. Um, which means that students can compete in uh, sports according to the gender that is uh, named on their birth certificate. And the ver one of the very last bills that we passed, uh, like around midnight on Monday night, actually was a bill to raise the homestead exemption um, from $25,000 per homestead 
to $40,000 per homestead. Oh, wow. So and and I had not really heard those figures. property tax relief as well. See, so there have really been, and again, you know, and I've run across several several folks, and I know you have as well, who, you know, well, why couldn't we have gotten this done earlier? Well, a lot of this could have been done but we had the opposition party that is not in power leave. And, you know, that was all over national news. You know, a lot of them were in D.C. And you have to you have to have butts in seat. I don't know how else to say it. It's like when you're teaching kids, you got to have butts in seats to teach the kids. You have to have those butts in seats to teach or to pass legislation. And um, so so anybody who's saying, why are we doing another special session? Because we have to get the business of the people done. Mm-hmm. Well, in this final special session, um, we did have the ability to uh, finalize some things that had um, we'd been able to address because of the other the, the extension of time on the regular session created right. by the first two special sessions, which were really around the election integrity bill. Right. Um, but this special session was always going to happen. The one we just finished. Right. It was always going to happen because it was the one. Uh, really focused on redistricting, right. and of course that is uh, something we have to do every every ten years. It's a very complex process. It is. We did not get numbers from the Census Bureau until much much later uh, than we had anticipated, and so we had to finish this process by November fifteenth. Absolutely. In order for us to um, continue our election process in Texas, absolutely uh, with the primary dates that we have and. You know, one of the things, Kathy, you know, when um, you're, if, I, I don't know if you have an iPhone or, or not, but I have an iPhone and I know if I'm going to, if I'm going to move or rearrange the apps, um, you know, you hold down one of the apps and then they all start wiggling around, yes. right? Yes, and, I, I've um, got an iPhone and that, I always accidentally do that. <laughs> yes. And, and so it's kind of funny. And then once you make your decision, you you know, you, you lock down and everything stops, right? Right. But while it's all moving around, it's because everything could move. And right. that's a little bit, uh, you know, on, on the political landscape, that's a little bit of what's been happening with, um, you know, candidates who are interested in different districts and that sort of thing. Um, until the lines are actually drawn, you can't file, right? Because right. you don't know what district you live in and that sort of thing. You know, the other thing is the ideal population, you know, Texas population grew by 3.9 million in the last 10 years. Um, it's, so let's say, it's that, say that figure again, because eight, my district, say, say um, that figure yeah, again, well, Senator Paxton, that's a staggering number. And I don't think people, there are so many people who don't, okay, first of all, we are, we are mandated. It is law that we have to do redistricting every 10 years when the census comes out. Talk, say that number again, because that's a really big number. And that took a lot of work on y'all's part. Well, 3.9 million people moved to Texas, or our population increased by 3.9 million people. And what came with that was Mm. um, recognition of that to congressional seats. Right. And I know we were all kind of hoping for three at at a certain point. We we got two, but it should, it's interesting for everyone else to know, no other state got two. Um, only Texas did not so know that Texas is the fastest growing um, state. This is where everyone wants okay. to live. Yep. And it there's is. a reason for that. It is. It is. Well, we've got, you know, um, uh, I was just mentioning how um, uh, I was at the TFRW convention this weekend. And one of the statistics that Governor Abbott put out there is we are Texas. The state of Texas is the ninth largest economy in the world. That's big. Yeah. I mean, in its own right, we as a state are the ninth largest economy in the world. And it, you know, one of the things that that does that is, you know, when when Texas does something, when Texas takes action, um, you know, other companies and other entities, uh, all of not just in the United States, but in the world, they pay attention to what Texas does because. Being such a large state, and this is to some extent, um, we've seen this with textbooks. Kathy, you're familiar with this landscape. Oh, yes. California and Texas, the standards that California and Texas have adopted in the past, generally speaking, the big textbook companies, they build their textbooks around Texas and California standards. 
because if they can get Texas and California to adopt their textbook, that's such a big market footprint, right? Right. And so, so what that ends up doing, though, is it impacts all the other states. Well, Texas has, has definitely surpassed California in that way. And so one of the things that we see is that companies do the same thing. When Texas passes law, then other states tend to follow suit because the, the big companies, um, the big decision makers are going to kind of build around a Texas model. And so it gives us an, uh, an opportunity to really lead in the nation. And I think it's so important right now when we're looking at other policies in other states that are about taking away individual freedom, that are about, um, you know, harming the economy, make, you know, policies that harm their, right. their economies. Texas has chosen otherwise. And then it gives other states that are smaller the ability to kind of tag on with us um, and, and leverage that. Right. Well, and, and so so I think there are so many. Uh, first of all, congratulations. I believe this was personally my feelings. I believe this was a successful special session. Uh, you know, nobody's going to be 110 percent happy with everything. But again, the process played out. There was lots of input from we the people. And so, again, thank you for your service, because I know this is, you know, when, when you become a, a state senator or a state um, representative in the state of Texas, you your plan is and most people plan their their business life and their family life around it that you're in Austin six months out of the year every other year y'all y'all been at it for much longer than six months and so we do appreciate your service and 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 also Senator Paxton we really appreciate your accessibility as an elected official Uh, you know I, I I don't know how many people I've sent your way to either you personally or somebody in your office and I always get the response thank you so much I can't believe they called me back, they resolved my issue, or they explained to me where I needed to go so I could resolve my issue. So first of all, thank you for thank you for doing what we would expect you to do as an elected official, but unfortunately that's not the norm, so we really appreciate you for that. Um, and, then, and then let's talk a little bit about the constitutional amendment election and why is this important. And just a couple of quick facts. Early voting just started on the October the 18th. Early voting ends on October 29th. You can also vote from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on November 2nd, which is Election Day. An important date that's coming up is October 22nd is the last date you can file to um, get a a mail-in ballot. So a lot of people, you know, get out and vote when it's the gubernatorial election, when it's the presidential election. What about these constitutional amendment elections? Why is it important for we, the people, to get out and vote? Well, thanks for bringing that up, Kathy, because that's so important. You know, when we pass laws in the in the House and Senate, when, in a legislature, it just takes a fifty percent, you know, fifty a majority uh, to to pass a law. But something people will remember, um, you know, two years back we actually had constitutional amendment to prohibit a state income tax in Texas, right? Well, it was already law that we, we didn't have, we wouldn't have, uh, cannot have a, a state income tax in Texas. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? And the reason for a constitutional amendment is it raises the bar to overturn the law. Um, in order for something to become part of our constitution, it, it takes, number one, a supermajority passage in the legislature, which means right. we have to pass it by a two-thirds vote in the Senate and a two-thirds vote in the House. So not just a majority, but two-thirds, 66.6% um, of all of the members have to pass it. Then it goes to the um, people of Texas. It goes to everyone listening on this call to vote it up or down. Yep. If it is voted up, um, if it's accepted or approved, then that law becomes part of our Texas Constitution. And in order to overturn it in the future, it would also take a two-thirds vote. So you would ha- basically have to pass in the future another constitutional amendment to undo a current constitutional amendment. Right. That's why we did that with property tax. We've done it, I believe we have 200 and, and, uh, and such um, constitutional amendments that have been passed uh, since uh, we've had our constitution. 
But these are things our, our Constitution can only be amended by um, two-thirds majority in the legislature and a popular vote, majority of a popular vote. So there's some very important things on the um, constitutional, uh, on the proposition. So they're called propositions. There are eight. Um, I'll send you a document, Kathy, that you can post for your viewers. Oh, that'd be fantastic. But they include everything from um, looking at uh, um, applying some property tax exemptions for spouses of um, uh, members of the military that died in uh, active duty. Um, it includes one that's very, very important to me uh, that I worked on directly and a lot of our um, Collin County delegation worked on, which um, is the right to the Freedom to Worship Act. So yes. um, everyone remembers there were churches closed right across the state in certain local municipalities. And um, we knew that we wanted to make sure that this constant this um, national constitutional right was beefed up in Texas, never to happen again. And um, it was actually an idea brought to me by a constituent who's a pastor. So um, you can, that's a proposition three, proposition okay. three. Okay. So I've, I've told people like three, the Holy Trinity, that's yes. the freedom to worship. <laughs> exactly. Uh, for it. Um, so that no governmental entity can close uh, churches in the future. Right. Um, there are some, some things that have to do with counties having um, expanded ability to um, to do infrastructure bonds. Um, there are eight different eight different propositions, and they're judicial candidate qualifications. Um, and they're not if you if you just go into the ballot booth, you may not really quite get from the ballot language what are they talking about here. Right. Um, what does this mean in detail? And so if you'll go to the um, the document that I'll send to you, it okay. is the, it's a TLC, which is Texas Legislative Council, okay. put together a great document that talks about, um, it puts the language in, uh, it puts the ballot language in plain language, and then it also gives reasons that were given in testimony by opponents um, and supporters of the bill. So you can kind of see uh, where you line up. Excellent. Okay. And, and that all, that sounds wonderful. And we, and, you know, we, we may even, if we can bring you in after the um, constitutional amendment is that not, you know, we've got November 2nd, so that's a Tuesday. So we may, maybe if we can have you on that November 3rd, um, if we can plan ahead of time so you can come in and you can talk about the results, what passed, what does that mean? Um, I, I think that that might be a really good, a really good uh, bit of information for everybody out there. How does this impact me as Joe Citizen? And, um, and and then I'm anxious to and, you know, and you and I were victory co-chairs together this this last cycle. So we, you and I geek out over the numbers like voter turnout and things like that. You know, I really hope with advancements in social media and communication that we, ha that we have a sizable turnout that truly does represent the state of Texas this time. Because, as you know, this is always such a low voter turnout. Well, it is because, you know, number one, you don't have candidates driving turnout. Right, right. right. It's, it's these inanimate um, propositions. Right. Right. And people <laughs> might think, well, what is, the, you know, I didn't even know there was an election. I hear that a lot. Oh, all and the time. who's running. Right. And, right. I hear that a lot. Right. Uh, these your your constitution is running. Yes. Who's running? Your yes. constitutional rights are running. And so, um, yeah, I'll get that to you because these eight constitutional amendments affect property taxes. They affect uh, church remaining open. They uh, affect uh, charitable organizations being able uh, uh there's, there's one that is to allow a couple of rodeo associations to do charitable raffles at the rodeos. Right. I mean, they're all over the place, but they're eight, and they they are your decision. They're your decision, yes, and it is yes, historically yes, yes. very low turnout. Um, make your voice heard. Absolutely. That, in some ways, Kathy, don't you think, too, when, when there is a low turnout, think about what that means also. Each person who actually does turn out, is a much bigger percentage, right, than one person of 39 million, right? So yes, so true. You are really, 
yeah, you, you have kind of an oversized impact in these low turnout um, elections. So that's uh, one reason, again, with especially with the freedom to worship um, yes. amendment that is that is up. I hope all of you will make sure that your pastors, your churches are aware of this because um, early voting has started. It has. It started right. on Monday. Right. It's underway. And, and, and again, if you need a mail-in ballot, Friday is your last day. Well, is it today? This is the 20th. So, yeah, the 22nd is your last day to, to request that. Um, and so there's there's really no excuse to not get out and vote, Senator Paxton. It You know, it's you drive in, you drive out. I'm, I'm telling you, there aren't going to be long lines anywhere. And you may think, well, this isn't a very, you know, not, not a very sexy election cycle because nobody's on the ballot. You know what? In some of your local cities, you've got propositions that are on the ballot. You've got, you know, tax proposals that might increase your taxes, um, maybe improve your roads, maybe not. So again, it's it ha- it has to do with with going along in your everyday life, and so I'm I'm so glad you've taken the time to explain the importance of this. Um, and you're right, your voice will definitely be heard because unfortunately, now I hope we're wrong. I hope you and I are sitting here going, "Wow, you know what? Turnout was over. It was over the moon. It was off the charts." I just have a feeling we're going to be sitting here saying, "Thank goodness for the people who voted," because. Very few people actually got out and exercised that right. So, well, thank you so much, Senator. We appreciate your service. We love it when you're on the show and just um, praying that you have a great week. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you on November 3rd for a constitutional amendment wrap up. Well, thank you. Um, It's always a a real treat to be on with you, Kathy. And I appreciate what you do to um, to really remember that it's, it's, it's together that we will keep our future free. Amen. And I'm so thankful for what you do to do that. Always have, always will. Thank and you. I'm delighted to, to uh, have you as a friend. Well, love you, my friend. Take care, and we will see you soon. Thanks so much, Senator. Okay, go vote, everybody. Yes, go vote. Well, that was Senator Angela Paxton live from Austin finishing up uh, yet another special session. And, it, you know, a lot of stuff is out there. There's, And we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll put that list as soon as we have that. We'll put that out there on our social media sites. It takes two seconds to search and see what it is to vote you need to vote for and to see where to vote. There's literally going to be a place where... Your kids got soccer practice going on when you're in, or in and out of your job. You're at the grocery store. Somewhere within just a few miles of where you are, even right now, is going to be a polling place where you can go vote. It's super easy. The election judges and election clerks will help you out and just research before you go in, you can go to your county website. Um, so, you know, if you're in Collin County, you go to collincounty.gov. If you're whatever county you're in, you can get a sample ballot. So you can look at that and be like, oh, wait a second. Oh, I'm I'm actually in one of the cities where we have some, uh, you know, bond proposals so or some propositions on, on the ballot. So you want to make sure that you educate yourself ahead of time. Like she says, definitely remember um, number three um, as, as a positive. Um, I'm, I'm voting yes for that one. So just real important to get out there and vote. Let your voice be heard. Um, you know, and, and we've talked about this before. It's just, you know, barely been 100 years since women can get out and vote. And then you look at other countries and you look at how limited um, democracy is and, and the voice of the people is. And we live in the greatest country on God's green earth. You can get out and vote. It's either heated or air conditioned, depending on the weather. And that could be hot or cold if you're in Texas on any given day, but it's just super easy. There's curbside voting. Um, I'll never forget when I was pregnant with my son, um, I I was on bed rest, but I did go because I was like, the way I told my doctor that it should have been okay is because I was so stressed out if I couldn't have voted in a constitutional amendment election that I went ahead and I, I drove and I called curbside so that way I didn't have to get out, didn't have to go in. 
And I voted literally from my car like I was at a drive-thru for fast food. And it was just that easy. So, anyways, just um, get out and vote. Um, uh, and, then, and then, you know, it, it also, since we did talk again about mental health today, if you're in trouble, reach out. Let us know. We'll, put, we'll hook you up with the right folks. And um, just love on each other. Try, try to get out there and spread some kindness um, instead of so much venom and anger. And um, we love you. Have a blessed day. We'll see you on Friday. And then we've got the lawyer show tomorrow. Actually, Jeremy Rosenthal, who is the host of that show, his law firm has just um, won a, a great honor. So I'm sure he'll be talking about that. If not, I'm bragging on him now. And then um, Friday after our show, you will have This Pink Cloud. And um, I great show about recovery and again you know mental health and and addiction a lot of times go hand in hand so check so check uh, check out kelly reverb on fridays on this pink cloud and then saturday morning we will have kilroy's conversation everything that has to do with our veterans sunday ask dr be good and then monday we're right back at it again have a blessed day see y'all soon